Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. I'm your host, Aline Sims, and today I am finally joined by Georgia Dow. Georgia, welcome. I, I thought I was banned from the podcast. How did we get uh, me back on? You know, Wasn't so... there a ban thing? <laughs> there was. For a brief period of time, it was like you were on, on the no-fly list. I know, I and know. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, okay, I've had Bree on, I've had Steve on, I'm going to have Maddie on, I've got to have Georgia on so that I can It was have... peer pressure. Right, right. <laughs> and I also want, like, the the um, the isometric scout badge to sew on my uniform right. so that right, I can... Right, that's true. You know, I think I'm the first to have all four of you on my show at separate times. I think you might be. I might that, be. that could be very true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then that's achievement unlocked. Yeah. I, I need the badge for that. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not laugh. I am so thrilled that you're here. Thank you, Georgia. Thank you. Um, who are you? <laughs> I know. Oh, this is my question every episode. And people are like, really? oh, yes. And people, who some people freak I? out. <laughs> I'll try not to freak out. Um, Not that that would be outside of my nature. Who am I? Okay. Um, Okay. So I'm a mom, wife, friend. Um, What do I like to do? Um, I'm really lucky. I get to work for iMore, which is an Apple website, and I get to review really cool new technology and get to go to all the neat technology shows, which I absolutely adore. Um, Get to go to um, neat technology conferences. I am on a gaming podcast with Brie, Maddie, and Steve called Isometric, which I love, and Vector, another podcast that deals with culture and technology called Vector with Guy, uh, Dave Wiskus, and Renee Ritchie. And I do um, martial arts <laughs> um, like The Strange and Wonderful. I think that, um, yeah, being the same as everyone else would be really dull. So I, I lean towards feeling. <laughs> finding interest in unusual activities. And um, yeah, I just figure life is short, so try everything. So, you know, w- with with some caveats to that. But. <laughs> How do you find time for all of it? So I listen to Isometric regularly. And, you know, I hear you talk about, oh, well, you know, you're a therapist. You also yes. work, um, do you work at iMore? You also like do jujitsu ju- you also are getting into falconry you also I will be yeah, you have children and a family and how on earth georgia do you do all of this i do not understand well <laughs> it's kind of funny because like you know as i was late for this episode maybe i'm not as good with time management as i think that i am but um, I'm really lucky. I have a very supportive family, and they support me in all of my wild, crazy adventures. And so um, I have, you know, my my kid's godmother that will watch the kids if I'm gone for a couple of days. And I I manage that. I do psychotherapy three to four times a week, um, and then at night is usually when I do the podcasting. And then on the weekends, if I have a story or article to run, that's when I will do that. And then every once in a while, I'll go away to do, you know, a tech conference or I'll, I'll speak. Um, I'm lucky I'm getting to, to um, keynote at NS North. So that's a new exciting thing because I haven't been a keynote yet. So that will be really cool. And I, I just try to make sure that I think that everyone's 
main what they should do if they can eat and put food on the table for their themselves and their family is to try to you know reach for your dreams and try out new things and I would rather try something and fail at it than say I wish that I could have done it and just be worried about doing poorly and so I didn't give it a shot which is um very freeing for me because I used to have the opposite I was like afraid of failure and to do things wrong and it had to be perfect the first time I am a regular type A personality <laughs> trait I guess reformed um so I I just I try it and I try to keep myself balanced and you know, keep myself healthy and well so I can keep up the things that I enjoy. So how did you, I don't know, is overcome the right word or how, how did you put that aside, your your desire to be perfect at everything in pursuit of living a happier, fuller, I guess, life? Right. I Well, I, I'm very lucky in that. Um, and, and it's funny because when you asked me what I was, I forgot about I'm a psychotherapist, but... Um, <laughs> Um, but when I was in school, I was always been very introspective, um, and um, I was lucky that I went to school to be a therapist. So we do a lot of work on ourselves, and um, I think that the our mistakes, our failings, our weaknesses are probably what makes us so interesting. But also, you want to be able to actually be honest and look at yourself for the good parts and the bad parts, and change the stuff that you don't like about you, and. I never looked back on my life and was upset about the stuff that I did poorly at. So um, I've done all kinds of crazy things and done poorly at them, which I'm not going to, I'm still type A. I don't like doing poorly on things. Mm -hmm. So I'm very achievement oriented. I'm critical of myself. Um, I'm always, you know, trying to do something else and and try to do it well, but I'm just not going to let it stop me. And so when I looked back on all the things that I didn't do or I quit or I was too worried to try, those are the things that I regret. It wasn't the things that I did poorly at. Um, So, you know, trying out to be a singer in a band, I can't sing. You probably already know that if you've listened to any isometric. Um, But you got the beatboxing down. The beat, (laughs) probably not either. (laughs) So it's like. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm not going to let that stop me, right? Nice. <laughs> and and so I decided I'm just going to change what I thought failure was, that failure was just not trying. And as long as you throw your hat into the ring, um, that's that's winning, even if you do poorly at it, um, which I think is so much more fun. And I found it it's a really freeing way to be about life for me. So, yeah, and then I just would do it. I just said, okay, everything that I was offered, I'm going to say yes to and try it out, even if I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Which is funny because at the incom- incomparable, they have the oh, it's it's just bad because the incomparable. There's a game show that they they did. They did the game show. It's a it's a geek game show, and um, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. They asked me, and I'm like, oh, I don't like tests and having to perform under pressure. That that causes me a certain amount of stress. But I'm like, uh-huh. okay, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to do it. I I really should have said no. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I really, I don't have that much geek knowledge, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. And those that were on the show really did, like to infinitum, you know, I, and I'm not good with names of things. I'm good yeah. with systems, like how things work together, but I'm not good with naming little pieces of things. And um, yeah, it was very humbling experience. Um, it's up now. <laughs> you can take a look at it. I, I, at some point, will have to tweet it out to everyone. But um, well, yeah, I was like, okay, I don't know any of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a couple, but really it was, it was pretty sad. So, but I'm, I did try it. Good. I did try it. <laughs> you know, I, that's something that I struggle with in myself though. I, I find myself quite often kind of that, you know, thinking about it too much and getting paralyzed and um, instead of just 
like diving in. I'm yeah. Um, yeah. Know, like you talked about being introspective and that's how I'm, I think about, you know, I think about what I'm doing. I think about the consequences of my actions. I think about what I have done and, you know, sometimes that's good. It allows me to, to grow as a person. And sometimes it just makes me spin out. And, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's something I'm continually working on improving on is like, just, just, you know, go out and try it. If, if, it, yeah. if it fails, you know, what have you lost? Some time and a little bit of pride, maybe? Okay, well, that's not too bad. So <laughs> I'm trying. No, but that's exactly, that's exactly it. Because no one, no one starts off, you know, out of the races being the fastest or the best, like, right? Everything, the way that we learn is through making mistakes and doing things poorly, but keeping at it. And if you keep at something, you're going to end up getting better and better, better with time. If I had, um, you know, if I had rated myself of my podcasting ability the first time Renee had me on the I'm More show, um, <laughs> I wouldn't be I wouldn't be speaking to you right now. I would have I would have faded into obscurity because it wasn't great, right? Mm -hmm. Um but it, it got better, hopefully. I got better with I think I got better with time. And I think that that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, and I can say the same thing for for this show, you know, I literally never done a podcast before I started this. Wow, that's so amazing. And, and I was like, all right, well, this needs this needs to happen. So I'm going to do it. And, um, and like, I thought about it for six weeks. It wasn't like just something I did, but, um, but I listen to my early episodes now and I listen, you know, 20 some episodes in and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm already better, you know, and this is That's a good so thing. That's so wonderful. It is a good yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. I think everyone should do that. I think that everyone should take a look at what they want to achieve in their life and then, you know, fail at it, do poorly, but just keep at it and, and look at the, honestly look at the things that you're good and bad at and change the things that you don't like and then keep at it. And eventually you'll, one is you'll just feel good about yourself. You'll, you'll probably feel bad at first, right? It's not right. great when you look back right. and go, oh, that, no, that was really very horrible, but you will get better at it with time. And I think that that's the difference with people that, um, you know, achieve greatness versus people that decide to stop at something is that uh, the people that are masters of something have failed more than the people that are new at it have even tried. Yep. Yep. Oh, so smart. Yeah. And um, another thing I can think of that directly applies to that is lifting weights. Um, oh. When I started lifting weights, I couldn't even do a lunge. Like, Wow. Like, you know, I, I couldn't even do a lunge. And at some point, I was able to do a lunge holding 75 pounds in each hand, you know, and, and wow. it, it took... That's great. It took like two years to get to that point. But it was... And, and when I started, I would literally... I would go out to my car and I would drive around the corner from my trainer's house because I was fortunate enough to be able to actually go to a trainer. I'd drive around the corner so she couldn't see me and I would stop the car and I would cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Like, that's so sweet, though, that you were that you were that you worked so hard that you brought yourself to that point where you were like done. Right. That's um, inspirational, really. It was awful. I'm telling you right now, it was <laughs> so sad. But looking back, at <laughs> no, I think <laughs> it's like those movies, though, that that's the coolest part it's in those movies, right? Sequence, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, thanks. Had a great time training. Right. And then you try to go, <laughs> it totally was. <laughs> I love it. Totally was. Totally was. So, yeah. 
Well, that's inspirational, though, that you can do that and keep at it. And then the cool part is that instead of giving up, you showed up the next week. Yep. It's important. Showing up. What is it? 90, 90% of success is just showing up or something to that effect? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just be there. So part of what I wanted to talk to you about today is, again, keying into the therapist background, the the piece you forgot when I asked who you were. <laughs> Let, let's talk about that. Let's, let's see if I really that. am a therapist. Yeah. So um, Now I'm going to test you, Georgia. <laughs> I am. What is the part of the brain? No. So um, part of what I'm trying to do with the show, we talked a little bit before we started recording, was um, I'm, I'm trying to like bring light to things that are kind of stigmatized in our culture or mm-hmm. to people who are marginalized um, in geek culture. But one of the things that, um, that I see often is this um, disregard for mental illness and people who are suffering from mental illness. Mm-hmm. And depression um, is one of those things that people talk about. Well, what do you have to be sad about? Why are you sad? You have like all this stuff going for you. Or it could always be worse. Or if you would just smile more, it would be okay. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. That's a great one. Just smile. Like, okay. That's a rid- <laughs> Thanks for that suggestion. I barely convince myself <laughs> to shower in the morning and you right. want me to smile. Right. Yeah. And that's going to make me better. Right. Yeah. Like magic. So I was hoping that we could talk a little bit about what depression is yeah, and um, what people can do to help people, you know, friends, family members, or even themselves with depression um, and kind of try to unpack that a little bit. I know that you talk about it on some of the podcasts that you do regularly, but I haven't really had a show where we've been able, you know, I've had someone who's like qualified to actually talk about it here. Right, right. Well, I'll I'll give a little, you know, a, my little thoughts on it. Um, it's it's the first thing just about it being marginalized is it's a very sad thing, and I think that it's just the state of our knowledge in you know the difference between the brain versus the body. And I think that people at one point the brain was considered something different, and the mind was something different from the actual brain, and that's why we thought that we had all power over our mind and we can control everything that's happening with it. And so because of that, um, people that had depression were seen as weak, which is such a horrible, thoughtless um, stigma that has kind of carried over, and unfortunately we still see it today because they couldn't make their brain um, differently. Um, which is, it, it's very illogical if you actually look at it, right? The brain is like a very highly complex computer system. Mm-hmm. And if I take your computer and I actually break a piece to it, it's not going to function as well. And you would say, well, of course, Georgia, you broke a piece to it. And if I ask you to will your computer back, you'd say, well, Georgia, that's an insane thought. You can't will a computer back. It, it's actually, you can see that a piece to it is not functioning at optimal levels which is the same thing for our minds. Now, yes, our minds are luckily self-healing systems. Not always can they be self-healed, just like our heart can't always be self-healed and my thyroid has died off on me and I can't self-will that into being. That'd be nice, um, you know, it? woohoo. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's not going to ha- it's not going to happen. <laughs> I could try that, but I'll just be sleeping 13 hours a day for most of my <laughs> life and what would be the use to that, you know? Nothing. 
Right. So it really is a physical system, and sometimes it doesn't work, just like the rest of our body sometimes doesn't work. And luckily, we don't know a lot, unfortunately, about the brain, but we know so much more than we did before, and we know that we can help heal certain systems, and in other ways, we can just replenish areas that may be weak and deal with it through some medications, and there's also some other techniques that we can use to help boost up. But this is not about people being weak. This is just a system that for some reason, sometimes it's situational, sometimes it's neurological, sometimes it's genetic, is not working properly. And to to tell someone, like, you know, no one chooses to be depressed. It is one of the worst non-life-threatening, sometimes life-threatening, but let's say the worst non-threatening life-threatening things that you can go through is to lose your feeling of happiness, light, and motivation. Mm-hmm. That's a horrible thing, and no one would choose that for themselves. And I think that we need to remember that when we see someone else dealing with a depression and um, the manner in which we speak with them as well so that it's more respectful. And it's not something that's contagious, and it's not something that means that they're a bad, horrible person or they've done something wrong. It's it's not to their own cause of themselves that they are dealing with this. Yep. Yeah. And... um. So what do people do when they're depressed? What What is recommended, I guess? Okay, well, it really depends on what is the cause of the depression, which is usually when I see someone come in, it's the first thing that I try to figure out, which sometimes you can't figure it out, mm-hmm. right? We just don't know what's happening with it. But I try to see if it's, you know, biological or situational. So a situational depression could be that someone – They've just lost their job or they're getting a divorce or someone that's close to them died. The good thing about a situational depression is that will probably go away even if you do nothing. It can linger on for a really long time if you don't do anything, but odds are it should with everything being, you know, well in their life besides that and nothing else bad happens. Um, that can That can heal itself on its own. And then if it's something that's more biological or something that they've just been depressed for like a really long period of time throughout their life or they have a lot of depression in their family, they could just be genetically or biologically prone to that. And that's a little bit more difficult and that can um, that can linger for a longer period of time. And depression is really – it's really unpleasant. I've luck- I was lucky. I say lucky um, – almost a little facetiously, but being a therapist, I was lucky that after the birth of my first child, I had one day that I was depressed, just one day that I was like, not I'm feeling down, you're feeling sad, I'm moody. Mm -hmm. This was not it. I was really seriously depressed. And I knew it and I recognized it. And I was in school to be a, a psychotherapist. And I went, wow, this is really horrible. It was almost like being at the bottom of a well, And you're at the bottom of this really huge well and you look up and it's just more darkness. Like Mm -hmm. there is no light at the end of this tunnel. And I remember like the usual stuff that you'll do just won't bring you joy. You won't have the motivation to do it if you're not able to like, you know, get out of bed or have a shower or get changed. It's probably little signs to you that you're in a slump and to monitor how long you're there for. Because it's not great for our bodies to be depressed for long periods of time either. Um, and I remember seeing a puppy on TV. I love puppies. I love animals. Like even like the creepy crawlies. I love Mm -hmm. animals. Um, and I saw this puppy on TV and I went, (laughs) 
Stupid puppy. Oh, no. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. I know. I know. It's horrible. I'm sorry. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> no. Don't judge me. Don't send me angry no. tweets. But I'm like, it wouldn't. This is what I thought, though. This is the honesty of depression is I was like, it wouldn't matter if that puppy lived or died. And I went. It was a very shocking, it was in my head. It was a thought I hadn't actually spoken out loud because then I would be a more horrible person because people <laughs> oh, would know. No. Um, and, and now everyone, now everyone, now everyone knows. Now everyone um, knows. <laughs> and I thought, wow, this is horrible. I hope this at some point goes away soon because to suffer internally for a long period of time would be really hard at this level, which I would say now that I can grade it, I would say that that was a moderate moderately severe depression it wasn't severe severe depression but it was a moderately severe depression and I pretty much just sat on the couch I I really did not do anything I didn't want to eat I didn't want to I just kind of lumped there for a while and luckily for me um, it was gone the next day but it really I don't think that though I had read it in text I don't think that I gave it the respect or the understanding of what a depression really is and unless you have it is not just being down and looking at the dark side and and not being able to get your life together. It's something completely different than that. But, you know, it was a gift to me because now I can look at people and I totally respect uh, the suffering and trauma that they're going through and dealing with this. Yeah, that's a powerful story. Yeah, I was just going to say my experience of depression was um, different. And I, in fact, realized like over the winter so I've I've gone through enough bouts of depression in my life, um, and I'm going to be like totally honest. <laughs> Not that I'm ever dishonest, but you're gonna you're gonna be very like you're gonna really go there is what you're saying, right? Right. Yep. So um, so I didn't have a super happy childhood. Just I I was overweight and I was nerdy and I was picked on and, you know, lived in a small town and there wasn't a lot of, there weren't a lot of like people to pull from, you know, a pool of right. friends. And, um, so I spent a lot of my youth kind of in this low level depression and it wasn't really until I got into college and into therapy and, um, and really recognized that in myself and kind of processed all of that past garbage and, you know, was able to move past it and put it away, that I started to be able to recognize myself kind of falling into these bouts. And it's happened two or three times, you know, I'm, I'm in my early 30s. So it's happened two or three times through my 20s and now early 30s. And I realized actually in December that this was happening. Um, I was actually doing a podcast interview with Serenity Caldwell. And um, she was talking about roller derby and what a sense of community um, that it brought to her and her life when she was working from home. And I work from home and I was like, I heard it in my voice when I said it. And I was like, I'm kind of lonely. And then I started processing that, you know, being introspective and unpacking, like, I noticed that I kind of felt a little down on rainy days. And we've had a lot of rainy days, or we did in the late winter, or late last year. And it hit me, I was like, oh, I'm starting, I'm starting to go down that slope. And I need to, I need to put my coping mechanisms in place so that I can deal with this. Because for me, I'm fortunate enough that it's usually situational and I can now usually recognize it and start practicing extra self-care so that I don't fall down the well. Because if I fall down the well, digging out mm -hmm. of that is the hardest thing to do. Yeah, it really is like that. But I, I think it's wonderful that you were able to say, wait a second, like, look at these patterns and 
and I don't want to make sure to to stop it before it gets to a point where it's really hard to get out of. Yeah. And I'm I'm so fortunate that I can do that. You know, it's not it's not a biochemical or neurological thing for me. It's situational. I can figure it out. But I have absolute sympathy for people who are not that way. Their brains are different. Their bodies are different. Their genetics are different. And they're unable to. Um, so I guess the big thing that I want to do is encourage people, if you're feeling depressed, if your world is gray or you're down that well or whatever that experience is for you, even if you're not sure if you can seek a therapist out because they can help you. Like therapy is so important and we are so lucky to live in a day and age where it's becoming destigmatized as opposed to, you know, 20 years ago. And and you want to you want to find someone like I always say um, you know, when you find someone, it's also really important to find a good therapist, like someone that matches, like not good as in having a good technique, they, that should be important as well, but someone that you mesh well with. Because if you don't like your therapist, and I always give this little spiel is that if I remind you of your Aunt Thelma, and you hate your Aunt Thelma, please go see someone else that you feel comfortable with. Because if already you start with a block up, and I, um, you know, make you feel threatened or you don't, or you're not able to go to those vulnerable places with me, then this is not going to work. And mm -hmm. it's expensive and it's time consuming. And the worst part is you might say, well, like therapy is bad. And so I'm not going to go and get help again. So I think that it's really important to also, you know, we, we should look for our, you know, doctors, not just pick the only doctor. We search, we research our cars. And you should also do the same thing with your therapist. So you find someone that can really um, be on this part of a journey with you and, and help you and, and be that supportive person to help you think of different ideas of, of how to get out of it. Yeah, and that's a great point. I've heard from so many people, well, therapy doesn't work. Well, yes and no, you know. And um, yeah. I was fortunate that my college therapist actually went out into private practice right after I graduated. So I was able to stay with this person who I respected a great deal and had like a really good rapport, rapport, goodness, and a really oh. good rapport with. And, um, and I am very, very grateful to her. Yeah, it can be amazing. It yeah. can be amazing if you find someone that's wonderful. And for some people, maybe that's too, um, you know, it's too difficult to be vulnerable. I think that my personality type not as much now, but before when I was growing up, I was more of a guarded person. And I, I think that I did not have the same amount of trust to other people. And so then I think that it would have been hard when I was younger to go see a therapist because I would have been worried that they would be judging me or think less of me as a person or, you know, I wouldn't be able to be vulnerable and be straightforward with them. I think when I was really young, um, and now, like, I, all my friends are therapists, so we can, like, we can just hang out. We're always just, like, you know, talking about stuff. And, oh, why did you do that? Like, we're just really, it's so, it's, all the it's, time. it's, it's just, fabulous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And I'm always, like, I'm very honest, you know, with, with the people that I, I'm seeing because I think that, you know, if, if they can't ask me questions and I can't be honest with them, why would I would expect the same thing on, on the other side? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, what did you do um, to help yourself get out of it? So you went to see someone, which is amazing. 
Um, so this time I did not because I was in a place where I, I knew what I could do. But yeah, I, um, I've spent a lot of time and a lot of money on therapy. Um, I've been fortunate that it's been covered in some part by my insurance. But I know that um, when I was really little and struggling a lot, my mom had um, used county re- resources to get me into therapy. So there are programs available, you know, to people who don't have a lot of money. I know they might be hard to find. Um but I just want to throw that out there. Um, so a lot of it was really just um, kind of dealing with the grief of um, of being unpopular and bullied and, mm, um, yeah. you know, just not um, – I mean, my – my family is complicated, like all families are. And, um, there are some not great stories about things that family members have done to me. And there's just a lot of, of, of things to unpack and to analyze and then be like, okay, I can, I can put this away now. And then, you know, as for me today, I really, um, recognizing that, you know, working from home all the time and being remote, um, and, you know, feeling kind of isolated has, um, kind of is starting to drag me down a little bit. I've, I'm starting to reach out to my local community more and trying to schedule, you know, um, board game days. And oh, I love that. Um, yeah, it's amazing. My, it's one of my favorite things, you know, oh, and, yeah. and trying because I'm, I'm introverted. Um, my husband calls me antisocial, which isn't exactly true, but <laughs> you know, like, like I, I need my space and, um, I'm getting too much now. So, you know, just trying right. to, to figure out where that is for me, but there's that. And then there's, you know, we're going on walks every night before, you know, I live in the desert, so it's going to get hot soon. So, you know, going on walks and then, you know, just making plans and, um, I've stopped lifting weights. I want to do that again. Okay. Well, I need to figure right. out when I can start doing that. And just, I mean, for me, it boils down to self-care and um, recognizing the things that I love and um, trying to incorporate them more in small bits daily, I guess, or larger bits weekly or whatever that happens to be. Right, right. Well, I can go through what I usually um, like will ask people to try out and it wouldn't be all in like one week, right? I usually (laughs) give like two or three different things and everything's different, like one thing with depression is that one thing that works for one person and it's fabulous may not be something that will work for someone else, someone else. And so, you know, don't feel bad if one of these things that you try out and it doesn't happen at all. And also, you know, when you're dealing with depression, what we're trying to usually build up is, you know, dopamine, which is like that motivational hormone, a neurotransmitter and, you know, serotonin, norepinephrine. We're trying to build up different things from different activities and depending on which is the one that you may be low on or that the cycle isn't working really well or we're going to try to beef up on the other side, it'll change to that. So it, it really also is to keep at it and, and see and talk to your doctor and uh, keep trying things because there will be like there's going to be soon some really amazing medications that are going to be coming out that the studies are through the roof. Amazing. Really? For. Yeah. Like really, I'm really, really excited for those that are really treatment that are dealing with treatment resistant depression medically and, you know, physically, because there's some stuff like ketamine and other medications that uh, were at first, like just illicit like drugs, and that now we're finding have also have a, a secondary effect. So they're trying to figure out how to market them and make sure that they're still in a way that are safe to be used. But really soon, there's going to be some great stuff to deal with it. Um, but I'll I'll go through what I usually say to do, and then we can kind of 
um, you know, you can, if there's any thoughts or questions, because I'm sure that a lot of different listeners, depression is really, really very common, right? It is, yeah. It was our way of, like, it's usually, it's often very seasonal. So in the wintertime, it was protective for us to be a little bit less motivated, go out. There was just less resources. And so it would keep us alive, right? You wouldn't think about building something new or going to, to traverse large dangerous areas when there was less food and less sun and predators were out for a larger period of time. Um, but the first thing would be to data collect. Like you want to be able to figure out your patterns. So say that you get upset every single time that, um, you know, it's the weekend and during the week you feel better. So, or maybe it's more seasonal, like during the winter times or when you hit slumps and in the summer times, you actually feel really great. You want to be able to empower yourself to know what could be the links to how you feel bad. And if it goes up and down, there are reasons for it. And it could be hormonal, it could be seasonal, it could be situational, but we need to figure that out. And the more data you can bring to yourself, your therapist, your doctor, whichever way you want to deal with it, really, really helpful. So you should get a journal, write it down or use your phone and just track numbers. How do I feel this day? What do I think happened? Do I feel better? Huh, I felt better. What did I do? Oh, I took a walk that day. These are important things for you to figure out to empower yourself so that you're in control of your own moods more than the environment is. And then there are the basics. Exercise is probably the best way to get out of depression. Unfortunately, it is also the antithesis of what you want to do right. when you're depressed, right? Like like your exercise might be just getting out of bed. Yep. Um, but even if you can do a five-minute walk, that's something. Um, or even just jump up and down for one commercial. It's something. We want to kickstart your system, warm up your body, be able to start moving. You want to do the exact opposite of what your brain is telling you to do during a depression, which is so much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. I completely get that. That's why it's good if, like you said, to hire someone that you're going to do go with to do it. Because then you have company and you're not going to let them down. You're going to feel bad. You're like, oh, I'm paying money and I'm going to see this. Okay, I'm going to show up, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Right. Perfect. You don't have to be happy about it. And there were days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, being with others, having a social situation. We are social animals. We need people. We need other people. And even if you're introverted or just more shy, we still need times when we are outside of our regular comfort zone because complacency kind of equals death. You, you need to be doing stuff. We're just made for that. So, you know, find a club, join an activity enjoy that. Even if you don't enjoy it a lot, it's, again, a little bit is better than nothing. And it kind of starts the cog moving. Um, I say eat well and make sure that you're monitoring your sleep. Interestingly enough, for depression, you don't want to sleep too much either. You do not want to let yourself go into a mild form of hibernation. You want to. Yeah. But you you shouldn't. And you know, a little bit of sleep is healing and a lot of sleep is actually going to make you feel worse at least that's what the studies so far have shown. Is Do the studies um, indicate how much is too much or is it too individual? After nine, after if you're sleeping more than nine and a half hours, that's too much. Even at, like they say you should get eight to nine. Everyone's a little bit different, but once you're hitting 10 hours of sleep, yeah, you're probably actually making yourself feel a little bit worse. Interesting. Yeah. I wish I could sleep nine hours. I can't do it. I try. Right, anyway. right, right, right. Your cats are going to wake you up at some I point do. in time. They're going to be like, no, food. what are you doing? You know, wake up, wake up. I will annoy you until you yeah. wake up. 
<laughs> um, trying to work on, you know, your own internal triggers and wounds. Um, so you talked about the bullying. I was also bullied, probably why I'm a therapist, actually, um, to help others not have to go through what I went through in my life. Um, but to kind of work on your old wounds and the things that make you feel bad or down and also the things that make you feel good, but you want to actually deal with them. And usually I do it through journaling and something called cognitive restructuring, which works really, really well and is actually a lot of fun to do. Um, but you want to kind of get to know yourself and um, journaling and, and knowing what, you know, makes you tick is just essential for our own existence. And it will and, and this sounds so hokey, but it really will set you free. You will be able to be the person you want to be. People do change. You can change. I'm not going to say it's easy. There's a lot of work that goes into mm -hmm. that, but you can be anyone you wish to be. But it does take practice. If you want to get better at something, you have to practice. If you want to be, if you're a more of a negative person and you lean on looking at the cup half empty, probably you should take care of that because it's it's just not good for your health, mental health or physical health. Um, because when we're under stress, even like normal cuts don't heal as fast. Mm -hmm. Our body's kind of in protection or shutdown mode. And so it's just not good for us. We should deal with that no matter what. And then I always say to try to go out and do some simple activities that you will enjoy. So it might be coloring or building something, reorganizing it, something that lets you the time go by when you're not stuck in your own head because that's what can happen is you become a prison in your own head of negative things or bad things mm -hmm. or the more that you think about being in pain and suffering that part of your brain is beefing up you don't want to beef up that part of your brain especially when you're dealing with a depression so you want to kind of counterbalance that by trying to do other activities that make you feel better. I'm not going to say good because you may not feel good. Yeah. But even neutral at some points is better than feeling down. And then of course there's medication, <laughs> which I know a lot of people there's a lot of uh, controversy to it and I'm not going to say I'm really pro medication, but I'm pro people feeling better and whether if it's medication and there's nothing else that works then fine. You know, I think it's probably healthier to try everything else, but if you're feeling suicidal, um reach out to someone or call uh, one of the call numbers. And if there's nothing else that works or you don't have the energy to do it, start off with medication and then you can wean yourself off of them. There are some really good ones. There'll be even better ones coming out really soon. But there are some really good ones that can give people relief. And then you can do all the other stuff. And then after that, you can actually get off of the medication as well. There, yeah. There's a lot of non-addictive medications that are out there that work exceptionally well. Yep. And that's actually what I did now that you say that. Um, I'd actually forgotten that I did that in college. Um and yeah, that's how I did it is I was on um, a long, act, long acting antidepressant. I worked through my stuff and then we tapered it down and mm -hmm. I haven't taken it since, I don't know, it's been probably close to 10 years now. So wonderful. Um, yeah. And again, you know, recognizing that I, I'm, I'm able to do that and I know not everybody is, but. Right, right. Well, I think that some people for medication feel that. Um, that it's like they're giving up, which is like, I don't, if I have a migraine, I'm taking medication, right? You know, like, I, like why suffer? And, and for my thyroid that does not work, I take Synthroid for it. Like I would rather if my body could do it, I would much prefer that, but I can't, it's not going to actually kickstart. Thyroids don't do that yet. We don't know how to fix them. Don't suffer. We don't need to suffer long-term. You don't get a medal from suffering more. And, uh, as long as you feel better, 
that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so whichever path to Rome you get there, and I say get there faster, depressions are just um, a horrible experience. So, you know, try everything that there is um, and, and keep at it. Don't give up upon that. Thank you, Georgia. <laughs> It's like a d- depressing. It's not. No, it's it, so it's not as full of laughter as I want a Georgia episode to be. I'm going to be completely honest. But, you know, it's it's so important, I think, again, to talk about to destigmatize and to help yeah. people who have been, you know, kind of trained by society to think that this is, you know, whatever it's weakness or or whatever it's not. And no. we need to talk about it. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's just it just has to be a serious discussion. And, <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. Yes, it, it kind of has to be. Um, but it can't, it doesn't have to be a sad depression, a sad, depressive conversation to get out of it. No, which is, I guess, the hopeful hope is that you can. Um, there is hope out there. And, and, um, there are ways to get through it. And I think that it's a wonderful thing that more and more people are speaking out about it, are talking to other people, are letting people know that they're not alone. Because I think that that was one of the worst things that people went through when they were dealing with depression is that they were so worried about being stigmatized that they didn't share it with anyone or they didn't get help because they were worried that someone else may figure that they have it and then they may be marginalized mm-hmm. by you know, their work, their group the people that are with are surrounding them. And now there's so much less of that. I can't say that it is optimal as of yet, but I think that we're really getting there and getting there really quickly. We're understanding so much more about the way that the body works and that the, the things that we have control over and the things that we don't. It's absolutely fascinating to me what a complex system the body is from, you know, you've got I mean, this isn't strictly true, I guess, but you've got you've got the brain and you've got the body and they're both it's all so complex. And then the way it all fits together is complex. And Mm -hmm. I often wonder how long it will be if we will ever, in fact, get to a point where we um, fully understand it. You know, I watch um, like I watch a lot of Star Trek. So, you know, watching Star Trek and they're, you know, um, I'll never forget watching. Enterprise. And there's this episode where, you know, they find a colony on a planet. And um, I don't know, one of the elder women has um, bone cancer. And Dr. Phlox is like, oh, it's just a simple case of bone cancer. We'll have it cured in like a few hours. And, and I really stop mm-hmm. to think when I hear things like that, like, really, are we ever really going to get to a point where where we have everything figured out to a point where we can just fix it? in a simple treatment? I, I think that if we don't wipe ourselves out, um, <laughs> which <laughs> I think that eventually we could, I think that there's always going to be things that are going to, um, you know, viruses and bacteria are always evolving at a really quick rate. But I think that there will be a, a point that we will get to and understand things where we can fix more and more of them. And again, I think that at some point we will be able to really have a strong understanding of you know, the medical things. There's so many things now that are no longer plaguing us that used to and so many things that we can take care of and treat and deal with. It is just an amazing thing to think about where uh, medical technology will be in 20 to 40 years, which will be probably astounding. And we can look back on this and think, wow. How know, primitive look, we were. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's it's a pretty cool technology is just, it's... um 
going by so quickly that really we don't even have the time to discuss the repercussions to certain technologies that are out there. It's amazing. And I hope that soon we end up dealing with things like um, different mental illnesses that just harm people's way of living the life that they deserve to live so that people can do that and also physically as well at the same time. But I think that we'll get there. Again, I'm also a Star Trek person, so, (laughs) you know, I believe. Yes. Um, I think think about Gene Roddenberry's, you know, vision of the future a lot and how it fits in with like, you know, because I've watched it my entire life. And it's like, okay, well, this is what I thought when I was little, like, oh, my gosh, this idealistic society and there's not money and there's not crime. They've eradicated crime. And and now I think about it, you know, as a 32 year old and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. People are kind of bad. Is this ever going to (laughs) be, you know, crime free society? I don't know. But I don't know if it'll be a crime-free society, but I think that it'll be um, as we become more educated and more cultured with the way to treat each other and, you know, as there's less poverty, which will often drive people to want to do things that they wouldn't do if they could find another way. I don't know. I I think that that will make a huge difference to the way that we interact with each other. Um, We'll probably still have, you know, nefarious people that will do things without care or thought, but just less of them. Maybe, maybe I, I could do I could do a Gene Roddenberry uh, future. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I am too. Yeah, you know I'd have to do the bouffant do and the short skirts though. I guess or pantsuits. Well, it, and then well, you had it like the no underwear thing where you I, had to have like the special Star Trek <laughs> underwear where you wouldn't have any like underwear lines were also one of the things that he he wiped out. Right, he had to wear it, special. Really I had to wear. Actually, now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. I don't. I don't know. Don't no, he made the, all of the actors had to wear special underwear that didn't cause. Underwear lines. I didn't know that. Yeah. That that makes sense. <laughs> it's it's a good future yeah. where you don't have to worry right. about worry about panty lines at all. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I totally forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I totally awesome. tracked you with underwear. I'm you sorry. Did. I you did. No please. Um, <laughs> so I don't even know, Georgia. Where are we gonna go? <laughs> I don't know. We went we went from depression to, to Star underwear. Trek to underwear. <laughs> um but underwear lines they're a bad thing. They do. They uh ruin the, the style the of whatever you're wearing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so talk to me about video games because you have like an arcade cabinet in your house. I do. How cool is that? I do, I do. We've always wanted one. And so my husband and I built it ourselves, probably more my husband than I, but I'll, I'll just say we <laughs> built it because I can because he's not here. Um, <laughs> so we have um, an arcade and it runs uh, every video game that we can put on it. And it's really fabulous. So it's a full size arcade and we have a X arcade um, joystick controller set. So it's an actually arcade joystick set, which changes playing fighting games completely which is a lot of fun. And so I can still play. Uh, it runs off of our Mac. Um, uh, well, I think actually it runs out off of our PC. My apologies. Um, and so, you know, we can still play all the games that we would be playing besides that, but it's just so much nicer. And we actually just bought a bezel for it so that you can't see the computer screen behind it. Oh. And so it really looks like an arcade. It's getting fancy. 
Yeah, yeah, we, we just changed the screen. So we have a better computer screen that is going to have just crisper graphics. And now we just ordered from, I think it's also from X-Arcade, a new bezel that goes onto a piece of plexiglass so that you can't see it, you just see the computer screen. So you don't know that it's actually, because it kind of ruins the effect if you can see the Mac um, screen from right. behind it, you know, so... It it's gonna where well, that's what I'm gonna be doing after I'm gonna be cutting up to be able to play um, some video games on there. But I don't have a ton of time. I don't have a lot of time to play video games. It's kind of funny. I was gonna say. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I actually have to tell my kids because they're like, "Oh, mom, are you playing a video game? You shouldn't be playing video games." And I said, "No, it's for work. I'm working. I have to. I have to." Which is like the best line that you could ever you could ever play, right? It says like, do their friends believe them though when they go to school and say my mom plays video games for work? Um, I I don't know. I don't know even know what they tell their <laughs> friends that I do. Um, cuz like, you know, I don't know. It could be, you know, I'm teaching self-defense or it could be that I'm playing video games or I'm doing scuba diving or I'm I do podcasts for I'm I don't know I don't know if anyone really knows what I do they probably think it's all a lie because they give a different story, story every day every single time but I'm so lucky that I get to do that and talk about different cool games and and get to experience them but um, I can't play any game unfortunately that takes a really long amount of time yeah. to get set up with so if there's like 12 buttons I need to memorize this is probably not the game for me but you played Shadow of Mordor so that couldn't have been too bad. I found that almost intuitive because Did they didn't start off with, yeah, I didn't find it difficult set to, to learn to play because you only need to, needed to learn two buttons at the beginning to really do the basics of things, you know, which for me, I hide. I'd like hide in a bush for a really long time, then wait till, till an order comes by. And then I would um, you know, lure it to me and then kill it. So I was only having to do uh, <laughs> a stealthy murderous. <laughs> exactly. That's me. Um, so I didn't have to do that, but, and I really enjoyed it. It's probably one of the games that I've enjoyed the most in a long time. Um, and so games like that, that's cool. But if, if I'm like trying to play, um, I think it was Witcher that I was playing and it was just, I was like, ah, oh. it was a lot of things I need to learn. And it was timed that I was going to die if I didn't get the buttons right. That stresses me out. And I'm like, you know what? Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. That's not fun. I'm like, okay. No. I'm no longer having fun now. Yeah. I put, I put <laughs> so enough, then I don't do that. I put enough pressure on myself, you know, without having the game pressuring me to. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I'm trying to relieve people's stress, not increase it. So that's the same thing for what I am trying to do for myself when I play a game. I want to, you know, experience something or feel something um, that I can't do in real life, I guess, in a game. Yeah, um, so, so I've been talking about getting a PS4 since, I don't know, probably November. <laughs> and um, so Steve Lubitz, every time he sees a deal, well, maybe not every time, but frequently when he sees a deal, he tweets my husband and me. And he's just like, you know, here, here, you can get this PS4. So he did that today. You can get this PS4 and it's bundled with The Last of Us, which remastered, which I love, um, and Shadow of Mordor and... Um, like I don't know, it was like six games, and so I'm like, "Wow, we need wow. to we need to start having this conversation about like actually getting the PS4." And Justin, my husband, just looked at me and he was like, "You just want to be like Georgia and murder the orcs." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you know who doesn't want to be like Georgia? So. <laughs> 
of you just be strange like Georgia? Oh, uh, <laughs> I love I love Steve. He all, he is so thoughtful. He always does the same thing for me. If I'm if I'm looking for something, he's always like, oh, he that he remembers like what. Um, people are interested in and sends things. I think that that's just, he's just such a, a wonderful person. Isn't he? Um, and I love, I love that, you know, now you have this great opportunity to be able to play Shadow of Mortar. That, right, Aileen, I, I got to say that, that makes me a little excited because I, I don't know, the game is pretty cool. At least I think so. And we've been talking about getting the system for months. And I mean, forget mm. the fact that I haven't finished StarCraft 2 and I've had it for four years. You know, right. I'm going to play Shadow of Mortar right. and finish it. So, right. Yeah. Well, even if you don't, it's so much fun. I like the ending. You know, some endings are great endings. I can't say that it was like an epic finale, but they keep on having updates and you can I just like playing it. I don't like the playing it is the fun the part fun. of the game is just experiencing it. I thought it was really exciting. Um, and then each order kind of like trash talks you like if you run away or if they kill you and they see you later, they actually will remember that they killed you and they'll trash talk you, which I found um, enraging and invigorating at the same time because it was <laughs> it like I, I now I have to get you. There's a debt now. It's personal. <laughs> That's nice. Which I thought was cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's rare for a video game. Gaming bringing out the best in all of us. <laughs> the best and the worst. <laughs> well, and what kind of games do you like? Um, me, I um, well, I loved you know like StarCraft and WarCraft three. Um. I play World of Warcraft. I I didn't. I played it, and then I didn't, and then I did, and I didn't, and now I do again. And um, mm -hmm. what are you on Warcraft? Well, right now I'm just kind of playing with people at work. So I've got a an alliance um, panda. What is she? Hunter. Um, cool. And I really, really like being a hunter. I do not like healing. I do not like tanking i like doing damage i hate healing i'm glad huh. people like healing because i absolutely hate it i'm like deal with your own self i'll deal with my own <laughs> i don't want to take care of i you. don't want to take care of you yeah i don't have kids right. so you know right. it's, probably, right. it's probably revealing something in my personality right. here that right um, <laughs> but so yeah that's um that's what i'm doing right now in in world of warcraft i don't have a lot of time and you know i've got all these unfinished games and so you know i'm I'm just doing that with for work but so i started playing starcraft 2 again over the weekend and i really hope to actually finish the first campaign so i can play the expansion <laughs> because <laughs> it's been out a long time now and then, you know, I just do, I do a lot of um, like match threes on my phone. Um, I don't play as much on the console just because there's kind of a barrier to entry there. To, yeah. You know, I've got to make sure that it won't bother, you know, anyone else in the household. And then I have to like, oh, my gosh, put the disc in and find the controller and set the TV input. And, you know, there are just some days when I've worked 12 hours that right. I just don't want to right. do all of that. So I just, right, exactly. you know, play 10 it's too much effort. It, it can be. And it, I mean, first world problem, I'm aware, but that's just <laughs> how I am some days. So, And that's why Justin's like, all right, well, you don't play the PS3. Why would we get a PS4? And I'm like, but it's, it's shiny. And all these other <laughs> shiny and new it's shiny so i don't know we'll see yeah i think that i think that it's the same thing if i i'm like even sometimes just going if i'm really exhausted at the end of the day just going downstairs i'll i'll like instead of playing something on the arcade i'll like let's just get the laptop and just plug it in so i can just launch steam there instead of having to like 
walking downstairs is too much effort for me. <laughs> yes. I'm like, ah. Yeah, I understand. What do you, what are you playing on Steam or what have you played recently? Well, then I want to finish. I we just did um um Life is Strange. We just played, which is a really kind of cool game. Um you play as a teenage girl in high school and you get to move time so you can can take a look about mistakes that people make. And I'm trying to finish Dragon Age Inquisition, but mm. so far twice my character's been wiped um, for no real fault, just, um, you know, systems shut down and, and something happened and the save didn't happen. And so, oh, no. yeah, but the problem is, is it takes me so long to like in Dragon Age Inquisition, you can really make your character whatever you would like it to look like. Mm-hmm. You can change the eyes, the shape, how big they are. And I being my, my female nature takes over and I have to. And I have to make like the color of the eyes a certain color, and the irises you can change, and the pupils you can change. You can change the change. irises. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Wow. The inside of the 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 irises, the outside of the irises, um, the size of the eyes, the eyelashes, the eyebrows, the nose, the nose placement, um, how big your nostrils are. So Whoa. it's it's like really going to take me a long time, and then. Like there's some stuff that I I was only looking at my character front faced, and so there's some stuff that you're moving something around. Like it's like a just a, a a grid on the screen, and you're moving something. And I'm like nothing's moving. I don't think anything's actually changing. Eh, I'll just leave it and then go to the next stage. Anyways, I ended up pulling out the jowls of my character, but I could only because <laughs> but because it was from the front, I couldn't tell. So I ended up having like a muzzle on my character. Like I had just like a dog like protrusion oh, no. of my face. And so every time I look at my character from the side, I was like, oh, my God, that's hideously scary. I, I'm just and then I was like, OK, I got to I have to like, you know, well, luckily the game was wiped. So I, but oh, I was yeah. like, this is going to traumatize <laughs> me because every time they turned the face, I had these just. The, oh, it was just my my mouth protruded like another inch off of my face. And I was like, this is horrifically scary. You know, I can't believe anyone's friending my character right now. I I knew I knew that it, they had granular controls for that. But I guess I didn't think it was that granular, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then yeah, I would spend hours just doing that. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, my blush is much darker than I wanted to be. <laughs> around, I'm like getting all perfectionistic about it. I'm like, oh, really? Did I have to go with the shocking pink blush? <laughs> <laughs> the 1980s, um, right? Wasn't there something with the scars, too, where the scars, like, you could put a scar on your character and then somewhere along the line, the scars went away? Yeah, there was an update. So I had really cool scars on my character, one that went over the eyes. She looked really pretty rugged and cool at the same time. And uh, then they had an update and all the scars disappeared. So my character lost all of her scars. Um, But that's been fixed now. But there's a few strange bugs. I know that there was one where the eyebrows are missing. So my husband's dwarf had no eyebrows. Oh, that's an interesting look for a dwarf. It it really wasn't because it did make him look... Eyebrows are very essential to the way that we... um, experience other people so if someone's not missing eyebrows it's hard for us to to read their emotions facial expressions right yeah Yeah, and so we look at it as like a little bit more shifty so you had a shifty looking dwarf um (laughs) well i guess they uh, can be dwarves are yeah yeah they are they are (laughs) um but it was it was strange there's a couple of bugs that they've had throughout the times but they do try to fix them fix them up a little bit and it's quite the storyline is fabulous but maddie had said that you know it does and she's right it takes about 10 hours before you really get immersed in the good storyline 
I was going to say, it's a long game too, right? It's like a really long 80 game. 80 hours or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 60 to 80 hours if you're not going to do any of the side quests. Oh, see, and I got to do the side quests. I'd be there forever. Yeah, I see I'm not going to do the side quests is what I'm going to try to do. I'm just going to try to build a character to take not too long of a time so I can actually get started. But how many hours do I get to play by the time I get home from work? Not a lot. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm playing like four hours a week. In a year, we'll be talking about how you finally finished Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll be uh, in two years, this show. <laughs> I'll release it right here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have a celebration episode. Right, right. Exactly. It'll be like, exactly. this is your life type thing where we'll have, you know, like all the isometric people come on and they can. I remember Georgia when she started Dragon Age and now. You know, and they can talk about it can be a montage of how you've changed over time. And right. 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 I I might have to actually I'd be like, I didn't actually finish playing it. (laughs) I have to lie. (laughs) The show has been set up and I have not finished the game yet. (laughs) Oh, well, because other games are going to come out. And that's exactly the hard thing of playing games is there are always new games to play. There's too many choices. There are. And so many systems and you know it's like do i buy a vita just for like these two games or do i like try to borrow one or yeah i struggle i struggle yeah then i end up doing nothing (laughs) right too much choice it just kind of leaves us in a standstill anything after three becomes too many yeah but it's like okay well i could buy the vita but that means i'm saying no because i you know i'm not made of money so i could buy the vita but i'm saying no to uh the new 3ds um i could buy a ps4 but that means saying no to the wii u at least for now you know and so it's like okay where how am i prioritizing all of this and so i just play starcraft (laughs) 3 or starcraft 2 and you know so right well when there's a game that comes out that inspires you enough you'll be like Okay, this is the way that I'm yep. going. And, you know, get a system that you can play other games that you'll like that will come out for. So, you know, the Vita, unfortunately, probably is not going to have the same set of games that you're going to get to play as one of the larger systems. Don't be angry at me, Brie. No. And it seems like <laughs> it seems like PlayStation doesn't pay a lot of attention to the Vita. So it's like this is not necessarily something you're making an investment on. Like, you're playing, you're buying it for what it has and not necessarily what they're going to do with it, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, you never know. Unfortunately, we're fickle. And yeah, again, there's so many choices out there that it's not like, you know, just everyone has a 3DS and that's it. So if you're going to make something that's going to be for portable gaming, now we have our phones, there's a million different systems, there's computers. And yeah, it makes it much more difficult. Definitely an evolving market mm-hmm. or an evolved market. I don't know. If, yes. You know. Yeah, which is great. I love having selection. Well, and I love having being able to pull my phone out of my pocket and just do something, you know. I think right. that's amazing. Yeah. Ten-year-old yeah. ten Aline is really, really excited. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I pass a level of Candy Crush Soda. I'm like, you oh, candy Oh, Candy Crush Soda. Oh, it's such a good game, but I deleted it. Did I you delete, delete it? I deleted it. It's a really, it's a very hard game. In, compared, in comparison to Candy Crush, Candy Crush Soda is much more difficult at much earlier levels. Yeah, and I just, I wish I could just buy it. Like, let me, 
let me give you money. Have two models. I don't know if this would work. I'm not, you know, I'm not a game solver. Like have two models or two two versions. One where I just pay for it and it's amazing and you can keep the current model and you know that's cool too because I'd like to give them money. It's a good game, um, but like I I just don't like the in-app purchase model that they use. See, and... I don't actually purchase anything. Yeah. But they want you to. They they, they do, <laughs> and that's probably why it's so difficult. But I'm so stubborn. Um, the Scottish person in me. They just. I. I will just. Um, I've. I've waited for three weeks on one level, <laughs> and I'll just play that one level till I pass it. And I did Five come close. Time. Yeah, I did come close to saying, you know what? I might just like just stop playing the game. <laughs> but finally passed it, and I was like, it was a great feeling. Yeah, it is nice once you that little that little rush you get when you actually do. Yeah, that little bit of nice. dopamine. It's nice. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Well, Georgia, I think we're close to an hour. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? No, thank you so much for finally like lifting the ban on me and and having me on the show. I, it was a sacrifice, but you know, <laughs> I had to do it. And I will, um, I get to meet you in person at PAX East. So I'm really excited. No, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm excited for the isometric panel. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. I don't even, I don't even know. It's going to be wild and crazy for sure. (laughs) Something to be seen. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. (laughs) So how can people find you online, Georgia? Uh, you can find me, um, on Twitter at Georgia underscore Dow, and you can also catch me on Vector Podcast, Isometric, or on imore.com. And you can find the show on Twitter at Less Than or Equal. And if you have feedback, suggestions for guests, or would like to be a guest, um, go to lessthanorequal.com and fill out the contact form. If you have a few minutes, it would be great if you'd leave a review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, I'm Aline Sims with Georgia Dow for Less Than or Equal. Georgia, thank you so much. I had such a good time. I did too. Thank you. I hope it wasn't like like too downer. I, no, I've I've had some I've had some downer episodes. So, you know, well, like um, right after GamerGate came after Brianna, I had her and Anna McGill on, and we talked about that. So, um, good. Well, good. I hope it's you know, and I hope it you know, if we even reach one person that's dealing with it. Um, that's that's really important. And I really appreciate you sharing like your tool belt, I guess, for people to, yeah. um, you know, because it's good. And it's not when you're depressed, you can't think of those things like, oh, I should see if I can identify any patterns. Well, no, not going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. You never know. And, and uh, sometimes it's just knowing that there are some other things that maybe I haven't tried. Um, or maybe they'll they'll find someone like I always hope that like because I'm a relatively non-threatening therapist, um, <laughs> I think um, that maybe they'll say, you know what, I can I, you know, Georgia doesn't seem that bad. I, maybe I would be able to go, um, you know, see a therapist. And uh, I think that that's also important to know that there are people that they really do it because they care. And, and it's just nice if you're going to be suffering, it's nice to not have to suffer alone. Yeah. And I think that's the one of the biggest things for therapy is just that, like, no, it's not just you. Other people have gone through this and they have persevered and they're OK. And you can be, too. Yeah. And you can be, too. 
Exactly. And the ketamine is going to be amazing. It's um, that. The studies are like taking it once and people are like feeling better. Um, I think 30 minutes after trying it and good for six months after that. So just a single dose? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. And that's like special K. It's um, a drug. I think it's like an LSD type of a drug. I'm sorry, my drug knowledge for illicit drugs is not great. I'm much better at, like, you know, antidepressants. Right, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's amazing, like, really, really amazing. So I'm hoping that that will probably save a lot of people's lives as well. Wow. It doesn't really change what caused you to get depressed if it's situational, but at least it relieves the suffering, and then you can work on figuring out all the other stuff after, but... Yeah, they're, the studies are fabulous, and I always follow that one because, um, you know, it's always hard to see my people that are, um, you know, suffering with something that's treatment-resistant. And unfortunately, sometimes depression can be treatment-resistant. So is it, it – I imagine it still has some of those psychotropic effects, though. Yes. Yeah, they're trying to, to see – well, one is they want to market it so they can make money off of it. Right. So they want to change it and patent it because if they leave it as it is, they couldn't patent it. Uh, just like they can't with marijuana right now. Um, so they're trying to get rid of all the psychotropic effects and then um, and then re-release it in, say, pill form and then and then have the same effects to that. And they'll probably want it to be, of course, you know, you have to use it daily. Right. Yeah, because then they can make more money off of it. Like, they're, they're companies that are there for profit. They're not governments trying to help their people. Right. But... Yeah, the drug industry is... Um complicated (laughs) yeah well it's a business right like unfortunately when you have you know it it costs a lot of money to research all of these things and um yeah it's 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 a little shady yeah it is i mean and i understand you got to make money to do the research like i totally understand that but there's i don't know like i don't know (laughs) i'm an idealist i guess and i just kind of feel you know but yeah, the government should be paying to to do that and then bring it out as, at cost. Um, or they should just make it, you know, unified. So any drug in India, which they sell, the same drugs that we get here, they sell in India for um, usually it's like 10% of the cost. So a drug here that might cost $10,000 for treatment, like how to get rid of um, oh, hepatitis. Mm-hmm. Um, in India, it costs uh, $900 and in here it costs 9000 isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. So it almost pays to just go to India and get your treatment there. No, it was it was good. But like when I told my husband that we were recording, he was like, you have to make Georgia giggle a lot so that because he edits the episodes for me and he's, you have to make Georgia <laughs> giggle a lot so that I have a really good time listening to the episode as I'm editing oh. it. And so, oh. yeah, we, we didn't <laughs> apologize, we please, to Justin for me. <laughs> Justin, so, I'm so sorry. Tell well, him it's OK. Yeah. We'll have we'll have we'll have the episode. Um, and we'll all we'll all laugh so much that he's never going to want to hear any of us laugh again, and that'll be good. Exactly. That's it. That's it. It'll be a laugh fest. Yes, it'll be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs>